Hey guys, you're listening to Leaving a Legacy. You don't have to scoop to anyone. Right. Even it, your mom, you know, and she's <laughs> in the top eight, and you're going to hop around, man. So we're going... We moved into the balls deep portion of the <laughs> There's some things you just can't find, but... Like, like Mex- Mexican food, you can't buy Mexican food. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to Leaving a Legacy. I am one of your co-hosts this evening. I am Bob Huang. Oh, guest in the house. <laughs> How you doing, Bob? I'm doing really well. How about yourself? I'm doing well. And this mysterious voice in the distance, for those who don't know it by heart yet, uh, I'm one of your tonight's other co-hosts, Jerry Me, joined by two of the best friends in the very whole world, Adrian and Patrick. How you doing, guys? Oh, What's take up? that hour in, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> but very exciting show tonight. I'm uh, pretty pumped to have you on, Bob. Thanks for coming on. No problem. Happy to be here, as always. Of course, yeah. One of our first ever guests of the show. Last time you were on, I think you were breaking Legacy in half with uh, being the first one to uh, place with Treasure Cruise. Uh, oh, yeah? Was that long ago? I think I think he was on after that. It was a night that you weren't there, though, Jerry. Uh, those nights don't count. They, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's the last night Jerry remembers. There you go. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, for those of you who haven't already pieced it together yet, and for those of you living under a rock, uh, Bob is your 2015 Eternal Extravaganza Champion. How, are you, how does that feel, Bob? I was going to go, like... Woo woo! But it's actually it's uh it's Eternal Weekend, Jerry. Get oh, your shit straight. Fuck. Fuck. You're right. We'll, we'll fix You're that right. editing. We'll fix that yeah. editing. I'll hit the editing room four. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Honestly, in all honesty, I feel so great. Like I've been on cloud nine, you know, since Sunday. I'm so happy. <laughs> uh, it was. That, I have to say, uh, I went as well, and. I think that may be my favorite legacy venue in the entire new, uh, you know, universe. Yeah, universe. We'll go with we'll go with universe. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I just felt the atmosphere there was awesome. Oh yeah, like especially with the vintage players too. Just like everyone there, you know, loves Eternal Magic, Mm -hmm. and like you know, not not only are the players awesome, um, you know, I think the venue is pretty good. But what I love about the venue is that it's so close to Reading Terminal Market, which is probably my favorite place to eat uh, at a magic site. That place was amazing. They hit it out of the park with that venue. Um, it's, it, for those, to put it in perspective of a Bostonian, um, it's like Philadelphia's version of Quincy Market, but bigger and better and full of just all the greatest food in the world. Yeah, so, uh, I did get a chance to, uh, to kind of creep me a little bit, Bob. I was watching a lot of the coverage because I wasn't able to make it down to Philly during the weekend. Um, and I watched you, uh, pilot Grixis, well, Four Color Delver, um, mm-hmm. over, uh, Akash Nadu, who was, uh, running off. Let me tell in the finals. Do you want to run down how those finals went for you? Um, yeah, sure. So let's see. Okay, yeah. So I was on the play. Um, 
game one, I think if I had like sequenced everything perfectly, I might have been able to win. Um, I think I made two mistakes that game. The first mistake was when I brainstormed to flip the Delver, I shuffled away a Volcanic Island instead of an Underground Sea. If I shuffled away the Underground Sea, then I'd have the Volcanic in hand. I could be able to fetch and play the Death Rite. Because I shuffled away the Volcanic, like I needed to shuffle away the Volcanic to cast the Death Rite. So I did do that. And then, sadly, I was left with two Cs. And so that Lightning Bolt was stranded in my hand. And then when I, when I lost, he was at seven. So if the Bolt had gone, he would have been at uh, four. And if I had drained my own thing instead of his thing, he would have been at two with an untapped death rate, which I think would have given me the win. So I actually believe I d- did punt the first game. So yeah. Uh, if only you had listened to last week's episode, if it had been out in time, because we literally talked about that exact situation on the cast last <laughs> week. <laughs> mm-hmm. We did. Um, which- which one, like, exile your your own thing, or, like, uh, knowing prop, how to proper, cast Brainstorm? Yeah, proper Brainstorm f- sequencing when three-color Delver decks, um, how, mm-hmm. you know, so the example we had was uh, for Rug Delver, Underground, uh, sorry, Tropical Island and Volcanic Island, and having the uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. Nimble Mongoose in hand, and knowing that you play your first fetch land, you crack it and find a volcanic island so that when you play the second fetch land, you can brainstorm, have a perfect brainstorm up, crack the fetch land, get tropical mm-hmm. island, and play the nimble mongoose. Yeah, um, exactly. Exactly like analogous scenario. And I think, yeah, I think I, I'm, I'm not going to say like, you know, I'm going to make that play 100% of the time, but mm-hmm. I think I would make it some of the time for sure. And uh, not making it on camera was certainly not ideal. But um, I think, I think my luck, uh, my luck just carried me and was like, Bob, you're going to win this. Like, okay. <laughs> uh, we were watching. We were actually in the Reading Terminal Market watching the stream uh, across the street and just watching uh-huh. watching the match and literally just on the edge of our seats looking down at the match and just seeing it bounce back and forth because it seemed in Game 3 that your opponent, uh, uh, was it Akash uh, Naidu? Is that how you say it? Yep, uh, Naidu. Yeah, Naidu. Yeah, it was Akash. Uh, Oh, gosh, so just it looked like he was going to win it, and then uh, that last uh, exchange of control magic at the end when you seal it up, and we just see you have the, the double Gataxian probe into Force of Will and a pair of uh, uh, Pyroblasts, mm-hmm. and just seeing it being over the turn before. <laughs> it was just like a, yeah. a wash of relief. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think I, I like I said... Um, for game three, like I knew if he didn't top deck a city of traders, then I won after I, you know, cast the pyromancer and probed him. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I mean, I guess he could maybe he could have top deck forcible. I don't know if he had enough blue cards. Um, but yeah, no, it all it all worked out for me. For me, actually, game two was like the crazy one because uh, he literally like pyroclasm both my creatures, and I had like. What was my hand? It was like two lands and a force of will or something. And he had like four cards in hand. Uh, and then like later, I forget if it was later or earlier that game, but his hand was literally like show and tell Emrakul, dig through time, dig through time. So I literally needed to answer like everything. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't believe I won game two. But yeah, for those who haven't gotten a chance to look at it, uh, we should run down your deck list because I really like your deck list, Bob. It looks very tight, very meticulous, you know, lots of four ofs. It looks like you know what you want to do and you set out to do it. Uh, so we have four Wasteland, four Polluted Delta, four Scalding Tarn, three Volcanic Island, two Underground Sea, one Tropical Island, 
uh, four Deathrite, four Young Pyromancer, four Delver of Secrets, two good old Gurmag Angler. Yeah, buddy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Got uh, four Force of Will, four Ponder, four Gataxian Probe, four Lightning Bolt, uh, four Days, four Brainstorm, two Dig Through Time, one Forked Bolt, and one Spell Pierce. Just little spicy one-ofs at the end. <laughs> How'd you uh, how'd you feel about the deck after piloting it for eleven rounds plus top eight? Uh, any changes you'd make to it? So this is actually the second time that I've played um, this basically you know this deck or with slight changes. Um, and overall, my record with it is like let's see, it's sixteen and one with the one loss being to the mirror, and I ended <laughs> up beating that guy in the semis. So yeah, I'm basically undefeated with it. So yeah, it feels fucking great. Oh, so you're saying. <laughs> I love it. So you're saying I should sleeve this up for Sunday? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you if you if you like to win, that is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or if you can play like Bob, uh, just dropping dropping bombs. <laughs> well, it's funny too because I didn't want to. You say play like Bob, but one thing that I thought was really great was you were talking to uh, Randy Bueller um, after you won the uh, after you had, you know won out the top eight, and you were saying that you had actually gone down there to play vintage. Is that right? You weren't really looking to play too much legacy. Well, okay, so I, I've kind of been in, like, a slightly a weird spot with Magic. Um, sure. There was the whole Zach Jesse thing, and I haven't mm-hmm. actually didn't play a tournament since, uh, like, late April, and I, like, didn't practice at all. I usually actually do a lot of, uh, like, um, testing, preparation, but this one I was just, like, I asked um, Dylan Dunnigan, I was like, yeah, how good is the Delver deck? He's like, yeah, it's really good. And I was like, okay, I'll play it card for card. And then I was like, I don't really like Sulfuric Vortex. Like, is it Static Caster? And he's like, don't play, is it Static Caster? I was like... <laughs> I'll play as a static caster. So I played <laughs> I was... 74 of his 75. Um, so really, the kudos should go out to him for the uh, specific deck list. Hey, Bob, can you enlighten me? What's the Zach Jesse thing? Okay. Um, yeah, it's it feels weird. Um, but yeah, it's like it's been a couple months, and I don't know, nothing's really happened. Um, essentially, what happened? Uh, I don't know if we want to get too much into this because there's definitely, you know, a lot of uh, it's a controversial. People have very strong feelings about this, so yeah, yeah, you no, know, sure. you guys, we can take it as as we will. But essentially, what happened was my friend Zach. Uh, he's you know a great friend of mine, really active in the Richmond community, and just like all around one of the nicest guys that I've ever met. Um, he's been on a hot streak lately, and he top aided two Grand Prix back to back, and then. Drew Levin ended up tweeting that um, Zach is actually a sex offender. Uh, he tweeted it out, and then there was uh, basically this public outcry um, against Zach. Uh, he so this was actually before June. I want to say maybe this was like late May or something. So there was a whole shit storm on Twitter. Um, Zach came out with a statement, um, basically explaining himself. Um, the things that he had like done in the past and the things he was doing to like, you know, make up for it and what he, where he was at now in his life. And it's like, you know, we thought that was that, but then, um, wizards ended up banning him, I think for life. Um, they took away his, uh, like moto account. I think they compensated him for his cards on moto, but they took him away, took it away from that. So he can't play moto anymore. Um, can't play in any sanctioned magic tournaments. And obviously like everybody in the Richmond community was like really upset because like <laughs> so many reasons. Number one, just like if you ever know Zach, like you know he's like one of the funniest people. He's just all around great to be with. Like I am a competitive asshole. Zach is not like that at all. <laughs> Zach literally shows up to 
every single tournament with an EDH deck and just like finds random people to play with. And like he just loves magic. He loves the game. And he's so insanely good at it. So yeah, any anyways, like Zach's great. Um people were also upset that like, you know, the DCI and Wizards were like Oh, you know, we're gonna take this into our own hands. Like the criminal justice system got it wrong, so we're gonna punish him. Um, yes. And so that was another reason people were upset. And then a third reason people were upset. Sorry, I'm I'm really no go for it. Passionate, too much. Yeah, I'm really passionate. into this. Uh, third reason was that um, they didn't really give any reason for the banning. All they said was was like when we feel that community members are. Uh, feel threatened or whatever we might choose to take action and that was like just a blanket statement basically all they said uh they didn't come out to be like we have a new policy like uh we are not going to allow sex offenders nothing like that like i think if they came out with a policy that was like coherent and justifiable like i honestly couldn't really say too much about it i could like maybe disagree with it but like the way they did it was just really shitty yeah i mean from an outsider's perspective i very very um, clearly remember the whole thing, you know, as far as it coming out, the outcry, I read his uh, his post on Reddit, which is very, I think it was on Reddit, very very well written, um, very reasoned. It seemed like he had, he has done a lot to, um, I don't want to say redeem himself, but just kind of like buy back a little bit of goodwill um, since, you know, since his conviction or whatever. Um, and uh, it just seemed like a, like a very like knee jerk reaction from Wizards. Uh, there was a lot of people who were very upset about it, and I didn't feel like it was entirely justified, especially when it's you're talking about one person. It's not like they're running background checks at everyone's DCI numbers. You know, they're just sort of like, oh yeah, someone someone called this guy out, and uh, there was a bunch of uh, outcry on Twitter, which is basically what Twitter is best at, right? Like, is just getting real worked up over something, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and then they just kind of banned him, and that was that. I I feel for all the things that players get up in arms about, and Wizards doesn't take any action. Um, I felt this was a situation that maybe Wizards might have acted a little too hastily on. Um, mm-hmm. it, it felt very quick, the the rulings that they gave, and just the fact that they were not public about it, I think, was their biggest PR mistake. Because I agree with you, Bob, you know, if they had come out with, like, a reason and set ground rules and, um, you know, said that this is how things are going to be in the future, I think you're right. There isn't really much we could say, but this just felt very targeted attack. I guess it just answers my question, though. It sounds like uh, it was more like a, a personal conflict that uh, just made you want to take a break from the game. And and once you started talking about it, I remembered your, your posts on Facebook about it. Um, I, I remember um, you were wearing a free Let Zach Play uh, t-shirt at the event. But then I yep. noticed in your profile pictures, it was a different shirt that they had on the website. Did they make you change it? So, <laughs> or was so it day uh, two? <laughs> no. <laughs> this was still day one. I like that you were checking me out. <laughs> yeah, I noticed, I noticed it, was a little, it was a little tight there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when I made, when I made the top eight um, – the the guy who was doing coverage like came up to me is like hey like I understand why you're doing this you're showing solidarity with your friend I appreciate that I'm I actually know Zach he's only been nice to me um, that being said like you know could you please uh, turn your shirt around otherwise we won't be able to do this um, and like I was just like you know like I don't know I just he he put it so nicely I didn't really think like the the reason I wore the shirt was um I mean I don't know I'm not even 100% sure why but I kind of just still want to you know say something still make a statement and maybe it is a little bit like 
you know, I, I could have just been like, oh, don't put my picture in or whatever, but, you know, I decided not to do that, so I just, I feel like you, you did know, a very reasonable wrong. thing, though. Like, that's pretty reasonable to to make your statement, and then, you know, when they approach you respectfully and, and you know, even in private agree with you on some on some aspects to be like, yeah, like, you can see it a little bit and, and just kind of do what they need you to do so they can get, get you on coverage, you know? I think that's I think it's very reasonable. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm, like, I'm going to the NV again, uh... This weekend, so I'm gonna you know wear the shirt again and see where it takes me. <laughs> nice. Now, will this get you an invite to the to the pro tour? Is this considered like a series style event? Um, I'm pretty sure it's not. And honestly, like I think there probably like would have been a time where it'd have been like, oh, that's a big bummer. But no, I'm like I'm legacy champion of the world. I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty great, man. I don't think they could have knocked the smile off your face with a with a ball peen hammer after you won the top eight, man. You seem very very excited. Rightfully so, obviously. Yeah, he's holding a three-foot tundra. How can you... Yeah, I love that picture floating yeah, around. Oh, three-foot? It's, uh, it's a little bigger than that. Yeah. Just just the picture of you just hugging the trophy is hilarious floating around the internet right now. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, so where I am, is... Where... I am rather small. <laughs> where's, the, where's the tundra now? Is it on your wall, or...? I want to see uh, it's actually, deck. Oh uh, yeah, it's funny. Yeah, like there was only like I think there was like one Tundra in the top eight, and it was in like the Splinter Twin deck, and he just played <laughs> it so you could trick people, use <laughs> miracles or whatever. Oh, uh, but yeah, no. So the Tundra, it's it's in my room. Um, I haven't taken it like out of. They gave me some like packaging, so it's still like in a box on the floor, kind of undignified. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, congratulations. It was really great to watch you. Um, just knowing that you kind of know the guys in the cast and having to meet, meet you once real quickly, it was fun to root for someone in a legacy event that I actually sort of knew, you know, kind of in a roundabout way. So congratulations on that, man. Thank you. Yeah. So, you know, four Grixis Delver decks in the top eight plus Omni Show. I think uh, it was counted up and uh, we were talking about it, but there was 16 dig-through times in the top eight. And I know a lot of people were on the floor of the event. We're talking about how they were kind of sick of dig-through time. And I had quite a few spirited debates with people, both online and in person at the event. Uh, where do you kind of f- uh, fall in the dig-through time debate? Yeah, I don't know. It's weird, just because, like, it's definitely a card that's really, really powerful. Um it's definitely not the best card. Like, the best card's still Brainstorm. Mm-hmm. But I think um, Wizards has given the direction that they're not going to ban Brainstorm or Ponder. And so if if that is the direction that they're choosing to hold for whatever reason, um, then, yeah, I think, like, you know, Dig Through Time is seeing an extraordinary amount of play. I think it's played in, like, half of decks. And it really it is making a lot of decks um, look, like, fairly homogenous. Like, you know, lots of decks are just going to be playing, like, Ponder, Brainstorm, probably Probe. Uh, and dig through time just because these cards are so good. They add consistency and they add card advantage. Um, so, I mean, the, the card is certainly very powerful. Yeah, the argument that I felt really developed over the weekend was if your choices are ban brainstorm, ponder, and fetch lands, or ban dig through time, the obvious answer is you know ban dig through time rather than half the cards that make up the format. Um, but in other spice, did you see all the Jace uh, Rin's prodigies floating around the room? Were there a lot? I I knew some people were playing it in vintage, uh, and I knew the guy who made top eight had too. 
So I saw Jace do some pretty crazy things. Um, I saw uh-huh. him in three or four Omni Show decks. I probably saw Jace on the board against me three times over the course of the tournament and around me what? a dozen times. So one of the grossest decks I saw Jason was in Reanimator, where my opponent goes turn one, careful study, uh, pitches uh, a couple cards, uh, one of which being a Reanimate. Uh, turn two plays Jace, uh, activates Jace, discards Grizzlebrand, flips Jace over to his Planeswalker version, and then uses the mm-hmm. Jace minus three to flashback reanimate, targeting the Grizzlebrand he just pitched with Jace. Uh, That's sweet. Yeah, it was doing some work. Uh, I saw it in Jeskai Stoneblade. Uh, as just a way to fill up your graveyard for dig-through times, and then also just mm-hmm. when it flips, it's just a planeswalker for, to back up your Stoneforge Mystics and, uh, and Delvers. Just, like, flashing back Brainstorms, flashing back Swords to Plowshares. Um, like, people were using it not to ultimate it, but almost like it was a uh, enchantment with fading. You know, never bothering to plus it, but just constantly minusing it by one to flash back a cantrip or removal spell that only costs one, and you get three activations out of it. So I think um, I'm looking at the card right now. I actually have never seen it um, in play myself. Uh, I, I keep reading it because like, I'm supposed to learn the cards for standard this weekend. But it says it's a, <laughs> it starts at five loyalty, and then the the flashback um, Snapcaster Mage Mode is minus three. So then you go like Minus three, plus one, and then minus three, or something oh, like that. Oh, yes, yeah, no, you're right, sorry. I was thinking it was minus X, but no, you're right. So I guess, you know, plus, I mean, just plusing it once, though, that gives you two activations out of it. Exactly, and, yeah. And honestly, only having to use it once is usually enough as well. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was a really sweet thing that came out of the weekend. Yeah, no, that is really cool. It's always awesome to see new cards um, trickle into these eternal formats. Uh, my verdict on Jace, uh, it's I'm still like kind of skeptical. I think it's I guess it's kind of playable. Uh, I'm kind of more excited uh, about it in Vintage, where I think my friend was playing like a Gifts Ungiven deck with Jace, and there were some really neat things he could do there. Um, yeah, I don't know. In Legacy, it just to me it still has the drawback where it's. Um, it's a creature, so it like dies to all the removal spells and doesn't do anything like, like entering the battlefield like Stoneforge Mystic does. So True. I'm I don't know, I'm still kind of skeptical. Uh so since you uh were last on the cast, we actually uh added a segment that we like to call What the Hell Should I Play? <laughs> as as well as a third person. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> We have, a third, well, we, have, we have a third person? <laughs> the, the segment is probably because of me, though. Because I, So you might not, you know, obviously don't know me too well, Bob, but I, um, I'm i still relatively new to the legacy scene. My first legacy um, ever, you know, even getting to play it all was at the uh, the SCG Open uh, a few months ago. Was it in May or whatever? And so I, I picked up um, Burn for that one, and then I've been playing Blue Red Delver since then. And so every week we kind of go over... Uh, a different deck that I that either I find interesting or one of the uh, one of the other guys in the cast finds interesting. Um, we sort of go through key cards in the deck, um, things that uh, you know, kind of like the overall game plan of the, each deck, um, telling turn one plays that would identify the deck as far as playing on the opposite side of it, and also like um, you know anything in there that has to be countered as you know from a uh, from a perspective. So uh, we can go through those if you guys want. 
Yeah, do a little, basically a 50,000 foot view of the deck. And also what I feel most important is, you know, why should a player who has never played Legacy before, why might they decide to pick up this deck? What what can they expect out of it? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, Bob, what would you say is the deck's biggest strength? Oh, are we doing Grixis Delver? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, this is not Grixis Delver. We should probably mention it. We should probably mention. Okay. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, what is the deck's biggest strength? Um, I mean, like, sounds kind of silly, but, like, in my opinion, it beats everything, so, yeah. <laughs> That's a strength. That's a good strength. So, um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like, to answer your question a little bit more seriously, I think all the blue decks, you are, uh, either a little bit favored, as in the case, I think, against Miracles, or you're, you're pretty favored. Um, obviously, you know, you still need to play out, you know, all the games, blah, 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 but there, there really isn't a matchup against the blue deck where I'm like, oh, I, I think I'm gonna, like, I don't wanna play against you. Uh, I guess that's, maybe has some exceptions, but I think, like, the harder matchups are, are the, Non, uh, I guess non-brainstorm decks. I think Merfolk might be a little bit tough just because they have a fast clock uh, and Chalice is the void now. Um, I think the other non-blue decks, I think Death and Taxes could be tough. Um, and Lands, I think, is definitely bad. Yeah, I I, I have uh, definitely noticed that too with, with Merfolk playing Chalice of the Void. I can see how that would be a huge mm-hmm. problem for this deck because mm-hmm. if you don't already have a full graveyard, um, it can be real difficult because probably your best answer is against... Uh, uh, Merfolk is to kill them quicker than they can kill you, because I'm guessing you just don't have enough real removal to deal with all of their threats. Um, so it turns right, out a exactly a race situation. Yeah, um, I think I think Merfolk is, they might be slightly favored, but it's pretty close. Um, you have Lightning Bolt, which is insane. You have other like you know good uh, one mana removal. You have Pyroblast post board. Really, the key is like if you can keep a Chalice off the board, mm-hmm. um, you can often just like race them with a Delver. Um, so I think they might be slightly favored, but it should be pretty close overall. Lands is like the real nightmare matchup, probably. Yeah, just because is it the uh, access to Glacial Chasm that you just can't really deal with, and that just buys them? Uh, um, I think it's like a variety of things. Um, number one, like their combo just beats you. Mm-hmm. Um, both combos, either the Waste Lock or the um, 2020, just beat you. You don't have uh, Liliana of the Veil or anything like that. Um, and second of all, like, it's just very hard to interact with. Like, your only form of interaction against the 2020 is Wasteland, and they can generally play around that. Uh, they also have a variety of control elements. You know, as you mentioned, they have the Chasm, they have Tabernacle, they have Punishing Fire. Uh, it's just like a, you know, a whole lot of things that make it very difficult for you. Yeah, I would say, so I played Aggro Loam that weekend, and I loved playing the Grixis Delver decks, because I just felt you mm-hmm. could not lose between Wasteland, Life in the Loam, and Punishing Fire Lock. Um, mm-hmm. it, it just and chalice of the void and chalice of the void like a turn one chalice is pretty sweet <laughs> mm-hmm. but so i guess what you're hoping for is just the other combo decks like omni show sneak attack reanimator those decks to beat out the lands decks and then you can just prey on uh the blue base combo decks yeah exactly well it seemed to work out this weekend <laughs> uh but yeah uh so for a new player uh, how do you feel this is skill-wise? I think I've just recently come to the conclusion that magic is impossible and we should just all give up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, it's just, uh, I mean, like, so I mentioned, like, you know, I made those mistakes um, playing in the finals. Uh, obviously, 
uh, you know, I'm an above average player, but like I still make so many mistakes. So I, I would say like the goal is just like, I don't know, maybe that's not exactly answering the question, but like, yeah, you're never going to be able to play perfectly. Um, so it's really legacy in particular. Everyone says this over and over again. It's about, you know, playing what you know. So you really should just, um, kind of pick a deck. For me, that's been Delver and just like been playing it over and over again. So now to me, at least the lines feel natural. Um, and when I pick up a deck like Storm, like, I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Like, I've played it a few times before. I know how it works, but it's still it's still kind of a different experience. So whereas like someone who plays a lot of Storm and then picks up Delver, you know, they might feel the same way. So I'd say the deck is is not easy. Any deck with um, brainstorms not going to be you know that simple. Um, but like it's legacy, all the decks are pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Now, Bob, are you playing Cabal Therapy? Yeah, there are four on the sideboard. Okay, just wondering because I. I from my own experience that's not a very new to the format friendly card mm-hmm. yeah um definitely having that format context is really helpful but i would say like cabal therapy it really only comes in against it comes in against omnitel storm in fact it's mostly just the combo decks mm-hmm. so like once you learn those few matchups um then and then i think you should be good at least now i think legacies come to the point where like it's been played enough that the best decks have actually risen to the top Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a lot less diverse than it was, you know, a little while ago. But that makes it easier to prepare for. So, also financially, how would you scale that deck? I'm trying to think, it has like two underground seas and three Volks, so it's probably not the cheapest. Okay. Yeah, I have a price tag on it right here. Um, so yeah, definitely not the you know, <laughs> cash cash in your piggy bank and buy your very first legacy deck. Um, Right now, estimate on TCG player-based prices is the deck clock's in at a cool $2,261. And that's with basic cheapest versions of all the cards. Um, Yeah, I don't even look at those anymore. It's just like, the numbers are so silly. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think the good news is, though, is that if you do buy into this deck, you are set up for the format. This deck, <laughs> this deck can easily port into any number of other tier one legacy decks with, you know, pretty minimal uh, additions. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, I mean, that's what the price tag comes from is that it has pretty much all the staple legacy type cards Force of Wills, Wastelands, Valks, Underground Seas, Polluted Delta, Scalding Tarns. Yeah, just a high level of versatility. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh well, I mean, so you could you could downgrade the fetch lands, and that could probably save you a hundred bucks or so. Yep. I'm not really sure. Maybe more. Yeah, that, just the scalding turns alone, like switch them out for uh, bloodstain mires. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you can definitely you can definitely make this a little bit more budget. You know, you could turn the uh, dual lands into shock lands. Um, Force of Will and Wasteland are always the cards. You know, we really recommend players looking to get into the format pickup first because. They're the two cars that you just really can't go budget on. There isn't any budget equivalent that's worth playing. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned the budget version, Jerry, because um, this actually, I've been talking about getting the Grixis Delver for, for a little bit now, um, now that I've been in Blue Red Delver for a little while. And um, I have the three Volks, so I'm probably going to be running this list in a few weeks uh, with a few of the Shocklands, just, uh, just as kind of uh, replacements for a few of the duels that I don't own it right now, so... Um, let's see how it goes. Very excited to play this deck, though. It looks it looks like a lot of fun to me. Yeah, definitely does. How did how was the uh, Gurmag Angler for you? Oh, they're amazing um, against any deck, <laughs> like any really any fair deck. Basically, it's just like a giant five five. It's like true name nemesis sometimes, just because uh, like the only thing that really kills it is Swords to Plowshares, and you know as we saw, there were like zero tundras in the top eight. 
Right. Um, so yeah. it's it's almost like a true name nemesis for one mana. That's bigger. It's awesome. Hey, hey uh, you want to uh, look at a sample hand and see? Um, let let me know your thoughts on it because I'd be interested in, interested in finding out what you think. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, sure. We could do a couple. All right. Um, Simple so Bob's deck. Yeah. So, all right. Let's see. Opening seven. This is this will be figure game one against an unknown opponent. Uh, you don't. You don't. Uh huh. Um. So we have Gurmag Angler, Ponder, uh-huh. uh, Underground Sea, Brainstorm. Keep. <laughs> is it, is that really what it comes down to? Like a land and a brainstorm. A land and a ponder. Uh, land, land and brainstorm. And then be more iffy. But yeah, go on. <laughs> okay. Um. And then you have Scalding Tarn. Uh, forked bolt and young pyromancer. Yeah, like that seems awesome to me. Yeah, it seems like a pretty good hand. I would probably keep that. <laughs> yeah, let's let's see if we can <laughs> yeah. get a, a more iffy hand and we'll take it down. And, All right. Uh, how many lands? How many lands are in the deck, Bob? Um, so there's 18 lands and then four death rites. Okay. All right. Here's an here's another one. Here's the one that's maybe a little bit more dicey. Death rite shaman. Uh, scalding keep. tarn. <laughs> <laughs> Don't need the scalding tarn. Just death rite. That's my favorite. <laughs> Creature, let's go. <laughs> um, so, Death Scalding Tarn, Dig Through Time, Ponder, Probe, Ponder, and another Dig. It's a little rough. Uh, I don't know. I still really like this hand. I mean, yeah. I don't know if I really like it. Um, both of these hands have been a little bit light on disruption, so you could just mm-hmm. lose the combo. Um, but, I mean, this hand, uh, like, really... What I'm looking to do with um, my opener is, does it let me play magic? I just don't really like mulliganing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't even think it's, um, I, I think, you know, part of it is I don't like mulliganing, but part of it, I think, um, just the cards are so good and it, uh, that, like, as long as you can play magic, um, you should be fine with this deck. It's playing, like, all of the most powerful cards, basically, in uh, three colors. And, uh, yeah. So, okay. to take it this way. Uh, how about against a known opponent? What if you know your opponent is a Wasteland heavy deck, like Rogue uh-huh. Delver or Lands even? Um, because that would be my biggest fear with this deck, is getting blown out by Wasteland and bricking on the Ponder. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, that's certainly a concern, but you can never really like mulligan to two lands. Like You never know where you're going to get. Like mm-hmm. Deathrite's almost a land, so if you're on the play especially, then they would need to, in order to waste you out, they would need to... like force the death right and then waste you um so like i don't know this hand already has like two mana sources in many ways and the probe lets you cycle and maybe you'll hit a land off that so yeah so do you always put play the uh death right out before a ponder or do you try and get lucky off the ponder um so i, I think the usual order of spells is like I want to get my death right as soon as possible because that gives me the most options uh, in the following turns that way like next turn you know I could like um, play young pyromancer probe and ponder for example or something or like ponder into a delver or ponder into a pyromancer basically just getting death right out as early as you can is, is generally good um, the one exception being like if you know you're against combo game one you're not set up that well to fight them uh, in which case you might lead with a delver um and try to flip it sooner rather than later um but in that situation you really want the delver a brainstorm and another spell to like ensure that you can do that because otherwise if you don't flip the delver then then you would rather have had the death right in play right right so i mean that's that's the key with the deck against combo is just to lay down the uh, the delver secrets as quick as possible and just get that clock in motion all right one one more hand this one is ultra dicey all right, last one. Um, Forked Bolt, Spell Pierce, 
Gaze, Deathrite Shaman, Probe, Probe, Probe. Ooh. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Dear God. <laughs> I, I, if I was at TE, I would keep this hand. <laughs> Just to see how it played out, because I'm reckless and I don't I, and I don't mind losing. <laughs> um, you know, I actually kept a hand similar to that. Um, okay, so so I mentioned that I don't like mulliganing on six. I really don't like mulliganing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I believe I kept a hand that was like um, a wasteland and then maybe two probes or two wastelands and one probe. I forget which. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so if I'm on six, like anything that gives me a chance at playing magic, I'll probably try to keep it. Um, this hand, like you're gonna potentially start off at like 14 life, which is definitely not where you want to be against um, like a lot of the decks in the format, like Delver or even Death and Taxes uh, could really punish you for that. Um, so I would probably still keep it, but <laughs> I like <laughs> I probably it. I like it a lot. I don't know. It's it's close. Yeah, Pat, Pat, what's the th- what are the three cards we see off the three probes? Oh, I don't know. This is this is just on the uh, the Wizards website. It just lets you go sample hand. Oh. Uh, so if I like go to like deal another hand, deal another hand is uh, Gurmag Angler, Wasteland, and Days. But that's not exactly what <laughs> <laughs> not exact. But if those were the next three cards, we did not get there. <laughs> no, we did not. We did not get there. <laughs> Oh, that's, uh, that hand sounded even dicier. Gurman, Angler, Wasteland, and Days. Yeah, well, then it's, then it's Dig, Deathrite, Ponder, Young Pyromancers. That's another, uh, that's, you know. That's, that's I feel, as a Force Mulligan. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I do, I, I will say that I had a little bit of a level-up moment this weekend um, playing at uh, TE, um, just drawing into a, like, a four- or five-land opener, but with Brainstorm and a Fetch, um, and being able to shuffle away to shuffle away two of those lands and having, like, just all action in my hand was actually really good. Um, so it was kind of cool to see um, the effects of Brainstorm and Fetches, especially for me, someone like me who doesn't have a ton of, um, you know, work with, with Legacy decks. You discovered when Brainstorm is actually just Ancestral Recall. Yeah, it's just so good. <laughs> so good. Just, like, seeing, like, you know, like, Brainstorming and seeing, like, you know, two of my sideboarded cards in the top three keeping those and then just shuffling away two lands that are useless was just, it just felt super good. Super, super nice. Great. So is that, uh, is that good for the what the hell would we play? Yeah. Yeah, I think that was a good uh, good little segment there. Alright. Uh, Bob, I got some questions for you if you're up for it. What's your impression, what's your impression on Days Undoing? Days Undoing? Uh, I don't know, it's like, I think um, I was pretty excited to see the card and I was uh, doubly excited. I think someone like top eighted a premier IQ with it the first weekend with like an affinity list. I was like, oh cool. Like I always like new decks and legacy. I mean, who doesn't? Um, it hasn't really seen like too much else past that. Uh, one of my f- actually, do you guys, you guys know Brad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like he was like working on like a days undoing uh, monastery mentor list, which was like super cool. Um, and I like I think I like tested it a couple times, but there were a couple. Um, pieces missing in my opinion um before we could get it to work so uh i don't know i think the card is really interesting and i'd be excited if if uh it sees more play but i'm still you know a little bit skeptical that it's good enough i did i did play one of your um your one of your blue red delver lists uh, a couple weeks ago um that used to run the treasure cruise and Mm -hmm. i tried it with um i tried it with the the uh days and doing instead 
and it mm-hmm. was not good in that list. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I, I think that's probably obvious to you. Like it, it, it just felt like I, I, I played Delver variants the entire day, like all, all three or four rounds, whatever. And I felt like by the time I was playing a three mana spell, um, they were also like basically empty handed. So it was just giving them more gas and ending my turn. Um, but we have kind of talked about a little bit, maybe being a good card to replace, um, like Riftbolt in Burn. Um, you know, maybe drawing a new seven would be really good there. So it's something worth yeah. checking out for sure. My, my buddy Mike, who has been a Burn player for the last 10 years, uh, has a kind of different variant on Burn. It goes a little bit bigger, runs Sensei's Divining Top. It's, it's not your typical Burnless at all. Um, and he was playing Days Undoing in it, and I was playing Agro Loam, and I could not buy a game off of him. Like, I was going turn one, land, Mox Diamond, Chalice on one, and he was still wrecking me. Yeah. Um, so I, I felt that was really impressive in uh, the burn list. Also, by Rift Bolt, I mean Flame Rift, of course. <laughs> All right. Uh, Bob, I got more questions coming in for you, too. Uh, what are your thoughts on running Stifle in the deck? Um, so one of the other guys, yeah. This is from John Kennedy on Twitter. Pro strats. Sorry, go ahead. Nice. Um, yeah, one of the, the guys that I played, uh, Ed, he was running four stifles. Um, I personally don't really like stifle. It becomes a, it's a really powerful card, but it, it generally becomes a dead card uh, uh, later, and I don't really like playing um, cards that don't necessarily do anything. Uh, also, if your opponent um, knows what's going on and expects it, they're able to play around them and make them, you know, make them dead cards. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a game, you know, where every single card matters, especially for the mirror, like, you know, dead cards are bad. So I personally don't like playing Stifle. I think if nobody expects Stifle, uh, it can be really powerful. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why I think the bug list that like started playing Stifle all of a sudden um, for a little bit, those were good. Um, but yeah, that's just how I feel about the card in general. It's also, what would you really cut from this list? I feel the ones that jump out are the one Forkbolt, one Spellpierce, and I kind of struggle for the other two cards to cut for Stifle. Uh, um, I think he, he was not playing the Gurmag Angler, which also makes your uh, like mirror matchup, and like against most fair decks, it makes your matchup worse. So he cut the Gurmag Anglers, and like yeah, maybe like Forkbolt, Spellpierce. Hmm. All right. Um, do you have any thoughts on the breakthrough of Twin into Legacy? Uh, that's a funny one. <laughs> I think like every year, like Eternal Weekend, like a lot of people like you know come because they love the format, mm-hmm. um, and then people try to bring something new. So like last year, I don't know if you remember, but there was this uh, Tesserator deck with like main deck ley lines and Helm of Obedience mm-hmm. that was going around. Yeah, and that was like when Treasure Cruise was big. Um, so, so I think it's really cool that people are innovating still. Uh, I am, I think that deck has a pretty bad Delver matchup. Um, if he can somehow dodge like one of the most popular decks in the room and also best decks in the room, I think it could be good. Uh, I think it's like fine against Miracles. It's fine against the other combo decks. Um, I just can't. It's definitely bad against Delver. Okay. <laughs> Is and. On a different axis, uh, does every card that costs four mana have to be compared to Jace? Uh, that's like a really <laughs> weird one to compare, right? Because like Slurrin says, yeah. you win the game. <laughs> I guess Jace sometimes says that. Um, 
But yeah, I, I can agree with that. It, it, they are different. I think a more similar comparison is comparing it to Sneak Attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, no, I, I didn't so much mean um, Splinter Twin. I mean, any card that is... Oh, just in general, <laughs> do all four drops matter? Do all four drops have to be compared to Jace in order to be playable? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he was playing like, like a lot of expensive spells, a lot of basics, um, but then he like he still had the uh, ability to win out of nowhere against the other combo decks, so I think that's um, pretty effective. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It'd be cool to see if that deck... Um, does start to see more play, but I don't think it's going to be very good just because of A, he loses the surprise factor, and B, it's bad against Delver. Uh, just because he's playing so many expensive spells, Daze is good against him. Mm. Uh, he relies on blue creatures to win, and so Pyroblast is really good. Hmm. You know, I also heard a little bit on the uh, on the Twitter sphere about it possibly being like in the early rounds, maybe legacy players weren't super familiar with the twin matchup. Do you think there's any like any real grip to that or oh i don't think anybody was familiar with the twin matchup because i've never seen it before and i've played <laughs> a lot of legacy mm-hmm. um i think i don't know someone else was saying he lost his very first round so someone was saying that, that like you know maybe because of that um he was, he played against like weaker opponents which i don't know if that's true or not but it's possible it definitely puts you on the edge of your seat uh funny enough uh let's see here uh, taking a look at it, it's also not a super cheap deck by any means. It's not like he was playing a budget version. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, he, he only had his modern deck, so he decided to show up to it. Um, I mean, he is running full-on four Volcanic Islands, Snapcaster Mages, Clicks, Force of Wills, um, two Jace the Mind Sculptors. So it actually clocks in at more expensive than your deck, Bob. It's at 200 <laughs> $2,277. So nice. he did not play this because it was a budget deck to play. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting. I, I love it when these types of decks top eight because it just shows the spice that can happen in the format. And, you know, these are the things that we live for. <laughs> and probably, you know, of people that you know who top eighted it, you'd probably know Bob because he won it and Max because he came with this crazy cool deck that no one's ever seen before. Got uh, more Twitterverse questions, Adrian? Uh, no, I think we're out of, I'm out of questions at the moment on Facebook and Twitter, but uh, it's almost 9 o'clock, and I know Bob had to had plans. Um, I can stay on a little bit longer, but I think I'm supposed to meet a friend out, so... Yeah, and I know Lita just got home for me, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was just trying to put it off on Bob. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Bob, did you uh, see anyone that you were really excited to see at the event? Say Jerry. Uh, yeah, I mean, I saw Jerry. There you go. Next question. Next uh, I wasn't... <laughs> wasn't even trying, but thanks, Bob. <laughs> Actually, I have a funny story. So I was at the event, and uh, Bob Marr, the pro player, was uh, commentating for the event. So I was like, hey, did you guys see Bob? I need to go ask him to come on the cast. And they're like, yeah, he's right over there. And everyone just kept directing me to Bob Marr. And then I would go back like, no, I'm looking for Bob Bob. Like Bob. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the guy that's going to kick ass at this tournament. Yeah. <laughs> I need Bob Bob, not Bob Marr. <laughs> and then uh, apparently I got some bad karma because I cracked a Dark Confidant in a Modern Masters pack. 
and I ended up putting that pair of pants that it was in through the wash. So I think oh I my offended... gosh, I saw that. That was so. Yeah. <laughs> I think I offended Bob Mar's spirit, and he took away my my dark confidant. <laughs> oh man. Uh... Did you uh, did you get to see any of the vintage? That was one of my favorite parts about the event. It was my first time ever seeing competitive vintage in real life. Oh, I still haven't told you guys. Um, yeah, I ended up playing all ten rounds of vintage, and I was drunk for seven of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, hold on. The, like, I don't the... like. Yeah, I'm, judges probably won't hear this podcast. We're, we're good. Just make sure if a judge hears this, they don't report me. <laughs> it's fine. I mean, there was still that guy who won the SCG on shrooms. So oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I guess I'm not as bad as him. Uh, but was yeah, it? no, I was so happy after winning, um, as you might imagine. And I had two buys. So, like, right after, uh, actually, I guess it must have been after round four, I lost two in a row immediately. And then I started going to the bar after every single round. So I got four or five more drinks. And uh, I, was, I was kind of uh, blasted. <laughs> That was one of my questions, was how does Vintage go, but obviously now we know. <laughs> oh, it was amazing. It was so much fun. How did, how did you do? Where, <laughs> did you win I out think... from there? You just loosened up and won out? It's like the legend of Drunken Master, you know? <laughs> yeah. I didn't win out. Um, I think I went like 5-5, five, five, uh, um, including the two buys, so like 3-5, basically. I was playing um I was playing workshops, uh just because like I thought the deck was like really good and really like different from the decks I usually play in Legacy, so I just wanted to try something uh different. Yeah, one of my favorites I saw is I hung out with uh Frankie Richard uh, a little bit, uh and he was playing uh Oath Oath of Druids, and I got to play, see him play against a uh, workshop deck, and it was, you know, everyone says Vintage is this format that's over in one turn, but it was one of the most interactive games of Magic I've ever seen in my entire life. It was so awesome, uh, but yeah, it was that. That was a that was a great weekend, real great weekend. Yeah, I was bummed I missed it. It looked like everyone had a real good time. What about what about you, uh, Jerry? How did I mean? Like, how did your actual play go? Uh, so I played Agro Loam. I was really happy with the list. Uh, list felt real solid. I went there knowing that I could beat every other deck in the format besides Omnitel. Mm-hmm. So my goal was to just dodge Omnitel. And we get pairings for round one, and my round one opponent is on Omnitel. <laughs> so, 0 for 1 on that one. <laughs> yeah, so the worst thing is, is like, Agro Loam, no matter, I feel no matter what you do, I just don't think it's a winnable matchup. I have 10 sideboard cards for <laughs> Omnitel. I boarded in all 10. I played Omnitel three times throughout the day. I lost two and won one because my opponent just was not, like, had never played the deck before. And even so, he almost beat me, having never played the deck before. <laughs> it's just it's just such a hard, hard matchup. But I beat every other deck throughout the day, except for uh, one uh, Esper deck that I got mana screwed on. Because he was my only opponent ever in my history of playing the deck who force-a-willed my turn one Mox Diamond. <laughs> and it's like i will tell that for people it's like if you were playing aggro loam no matter what counter the turn one mox diamond because i'm either playing following it up with a turn one dark confidant or a turn one sylvan library both of, or a turn one chalice on one all three of which i'm pretty sure i can win the game off of 
So he was the only person all day who force a willed my turn one Mox Diamond, and I punted hard because when I was deciding mulligans on the hand, I had a Scrubland in hand, and I didn't look at it carefully enough, and I thought it was a Savannah. Mm. So I thought I had a green source, and my hand was Abrupt Decay, Sylvan Library... Uh, you know, just a bunch, uh, uh, the Knight of the Reliquary, just a bunch of things that I needed green, oh, and, uh, a Life in the Loam was the big thing, so a bunch of things I just needed green mana for, never drew green mana for the rest of the game, and I ended up just getting shut out, but, uh, all in all, I ended up going 6-4, my four losses being two Omnitels, a, the Esper deck I got mana screwed on, and Reanimator, which pulled the jace uh ditching grizzlebrand flipping and bringing back grizzlebrand <laughs> <laughs> that's dirty that's yeah that that one felt a lot closer um it's just game three his hand was blue card force of will lotus petal land uh careful study grizzlebrand reanimate yeah so yeah, pretty good. Pretty yeah. Good. <laughs> the literal the literal nut draw <laughs> Um, um, Bob, one more question for you before I, I know you have to take off soon. Um, so I've been playing Vapor Snag in my Blue Red Delver list uh, in the sideboard. Um, first of all, how do you feel about the card, and like, do you think that it has a place in Grixis? Interesting. Um, so I think Vapor Snag is actually um, legacy playable. Um, I think you want to be playing it in a highly aggressive deck. So like the old Blue Red Treasure Cruise Delver, I think. Um, would have been a good home for it, like, you know, potentially in the sideboard. Uh, I think, you know, if there's more cards like Gurmag Angler going around, um, Gurmag, it's good against, like, Angler and Delver. It seems like a, a flying sideboard card, but the thing with the card is you need to be really aggressive and be able to, um, like, capitalize on uh, the tempo swing, because it is card disadvantage. So I, I would definitely play it with, like, you know, Delvers and Swift Spears. Yep. Yeah, my, my blue-red blue red list is on Delver, Swift Spear... Um, and uh, Young Pyromancer, and I just felt like when I was playing against uh, other Delver variants, um, bouncing their Gurmag Angler when they had basically just you know kind of cleared out their their graveyard to Delve for them uh, felt really uh, good, and it was it was just really good against them. So I was just curious what you you know what you felt it if it had a place in the in the Grixis list at all. Yeah, I think I would play with like Swiss Beer, but probably not in my list. My list is sure. um, a little more like mid rangey. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. And I. I think there's probably actually one last question from Bob. Uh, Bob, Pat's wondering, would you please sign his Gurmag Anglers? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll mail them to you in a, in, uh, <laughs> with a, <laughs> with a uh, self-addressed stamped envelope. And, uh, go, ahead sign, go ahead and just sign right in the Gurmag Angler mouth. That'd be great. I'll throw uh, them right sounds good. <laughs> um, I actually... <laughs> If you want to throw in a headshot with that, too, <laughs> nice classic black and white headshot and sign that, that'd be great. Yeah, I can send it in a middle envelope. That's fine. <laughs> I, I, do you got any plans to come back up to Mass anytime soon, Bob? Yeah, I was just going to say, um, I don't I have plans yet, but I'm sure I'll be up for either like you know Thanksgiving or Christmas. Mm-hmm. And if there's a uh, tournament, we we got to go hit up that breakfast place because I oh. missed out last time. <laughs> yeah, Miss Worcester well. or Carl's, any of them. Yeah, if you want, Bob, SCG Worcester is happening September 12th in a couple weeks. Oh, no shit. Yeah, I just noticed that the other day. Jerry, can, uh, I, can I borrow my folk? Yeah. Can <laughs> <laughs> Do you want the Chalice of the Void version? Actually, you know what? I should see if Celso will let me borrow Metalworker. <laughs> there you go. Nice. Also, also, the weekend after, the uh, 21st, Die Hard Games in Lincoln is actually doing a legacy tournament for a Black Lotus. 
Whoa. Uh, yeah, yeah, take it down, Bob. Take it down. That's crazy. <laughs> so two weekends in a row of some high-quality uh, legacy matchups in the New England. Well, the, uh, so. the Worcester Open is, like, standard, right? It is standard, but there's the 5K legacy. Right, right, right. There. Okay, gotcha. I don't know if that's, like, worth worth it for you to make the trek out. Well, there's uh, Miss Worcester. Uh, <laughs> there is yeah, Miss I Worcester. Know. I feel like <laughs> I would come up just because it's a good excuse to go home. Um, but, yeah, like, uh, like well, we'll see. I don't know. I... I really, I just like haven't played any Magic until this weekend, but like I'm pretty pumped to play like, play again. I haven't yeah. played in a while. I'll smoke Eternal Weekend. Taking <laughs> yes. down Eternal Weekend seems like a good reason to get back into it. I feel like I had the fire in me too if I just did that. <laughs> oh, Shake baby. off the rust and dust, fools! Right? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah. I'm, I'm watching the like the post the post top eight interview. He's like, yeah, I didn't really come down to play Legacy. I was coming to play Vintage. I'm like, this guy's just a fucking monster, like just crushing the whole weekend. I'm like, yeah, I wasn't really planning on playing, but I figured, what the fuck? Like, I might as well just get in it. Oh, it Bring my joke deck. <laughs> yes, right. Like he's like, yeah, and I played it once or twice, and just like crushing people, just destroying them. It was awesome. <laughs> oh man, yeah. But I mean, there were a uh, there were a lot of really cool people down there that weekend. Is there anybody you'd like to scoop into top eight? Scoop into top yeah, eight, as we like to put it. That's what I was going for. Scoop into top eight. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, a bunch of people. Um, a couple of people lent me cards. Um, but I would say definitely the people that I really appreciate is uh, the people who I drove up with. I actually like. I I think I like bailed on them i told them i was like gonna stay with somewhere somewhere else i was like no wait actually i want to stay with you guys and then they like let me in last minute um so yeah uh shout out to Corey, diana rory and jason who are my friends from maryland anyone else uh i'm good how about you jerry (laughs) there you go uh i have a litany of people to scoop in a topic yeah there was so many people uh, down there in Philly. I had an awesome time. I mean, first and foremost, I have to scoop in uh, Dan uh, and Ara. Both of them were, uh, you know, my good old testing buddies. Drove down with them, stayed in the hotel with them. They're great guys. Uh, Mike was going to come with us, but he had uh, a family matter, so he ended up having to cancel. So we definitely missed him. But definitely have to scoop them in. Wouldn't be able to do... Uh, any of these tournaments without them because otherwise i'm just that guy who drives down across a couple states to stay in a hotel room across the street <laughs> from a uh, convention center full of a bunch of other sweaty middle age, uh, you know 20 something men so <laughs> they're my people that keep my cover story <laughs> um i mean also i uh, got a scoop in a top eight frankie uh, it was awesome finally getting able to being able to meet him in person, talk to him. Uh, he wants to come back on the show, so hopefully we'll have him uh, tuning in to our listeners' ears uh, coming up shortly. It was awesome seeing him and watching him play vintage, which was sick. Um, also got to scoop in Trevor and Renee, a couple of uh, fans of the cast that I met down there. They gave me a huge, huge box of uh, Bolt Commons for the charity drive to donate. And uh, it was really awesome of them to do that. My my only problem was I then took those and we were on our way out and we went to Terminal Market and I'm trying to get a steak and cheese sandwich and I'm carrying <laughs> it and I'm like holding a steak and cheese sandwich in one end. And if you've ever seen a Philadelphia steak and cheese sandwich, it's basically just a ball of wax paper and liquid grease dripping down <laughs> either side. <laughs> and I have like like uh, this. It's basically it was a shopping bag of three open cons of Tarkir booster boxes with just uh, 
cards stuffed in where they usually put the booster packs. And I'm having that, and I'm holding the sandwich, and then the bottom just rips out uh. from the bottom, <laughs> rips out from the bottom of the <laughs> of the booster boxes, and just in the middle of this like like uh, food court type area, just all these cards just spill out. Oh <laughs> uh, no! Please tell me you were picking them up with your greasy hands. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I was not having anything. I was so frustrated. I'm just like, fuck it, fuck it, just leave them, just leave them. Let's get the fuck out of this state. <laughs> I was just so frustrated and like exhausted and cranky from the weekend. And then Dan comes over. He's like, Jerry, that's littering. (laughs) (laughs) And he just like gathers up all the cards and like very neatly stacks them and takes them. And then we, we get on our way. Oh fuck. Way to go for Dan, man. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I thought, I thought this was going to end with Jerry leaving a bunch of stuff that was donated to us. I was like in the moment, in the heat of the moment, I was so frustrated and upset. I was just like, fuck it. I Jerry, Jerry's, like, Jerry's eight dollar cheesesteak is more important than charity drive. No, what I mean, dick. At, hey, no. At that point, at that point, it could have been my legacy deck. I've been like, fuck it, fuck it, I don't care. Let's get the fuck out of this place. <laughs> oh, the number of reasons I'm fucking jealous, though, man. Cheesesteak too, shit. Uh, but yeah, so the, seeing them was awesome. Oh, also, almost forgot. Uh, we didn't touch on this, but did you see the girl who came in ninth place, uh, Bob? Um, you're, you're talking about the girl who was playing Affinity, right? Yeah, her name was Victoria. So really awesome girl. I actually ended up uh, day two. She was uh, doing some side event drafts, and I ended up getting paired against her and talking to her. Mm. And it was her, it was her first ever Legacy tournament. And yeah, that's crazy. First ever legacy tournament, and she came in ninth. She missed him winning in for top eight. It's fucking awesome. And to up the coolness factor, she was also cosplaying the entire time. She was cosplaying as a Stoneforge Mystic. Awesome, awesome. That's awesome. Um, which is why, like, I didn't recognize her. She had like this wig on uh, during the day, and then I got paired against her. And I'm like, you look familiar, but I can't really place it. <laughs> and then she mentioned she came in ninth yesterday. I'm like, oh, that's who you are. Uh, but yeah, I got to talk to her. She was really cool. Uh, so, you know, scoop her in, you know, <laughs> killing it at her first ever legacy tournament. Yeah. Good for her. Uh, that's all I got so far. What about, uh, what about you, Adrian? Well, there's two people in top 16 who were either rusty or just not practiced in the format. That's awesome. <laughs> um, let's see, uh, scooping into top eight, Dan, I'm going to stop by scooping in Dan for, uh, picking up Jerry's mess. <laughs> um, so I'm, now I'm regretting telling that story because you're going to not let me live it down for the next six episodes. <laughs> no, it's, it's, well, no, Dan, Dan managed to pick up after you. Yeah, that was cool. Um, so, yeah, scooping and top eight again. And... Stop talking about it when you see that. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like it how Pat doesn't show up. And then the one week that I'm not in town, that's when he plays. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> I'm fucking ducking you, dude. <laughs> and then. Uh, Scooping the top eight at ProStrats, uh, and and Kyle both for their for their questions to Bob, and uh, scoop in the top eight, Bob. Because even if I don't scoop him in the top eight, he's just gonna smoke me out anyway and take <laughs> shit down. <laughs> so and yeah, so fucking big congratulations, Bob. It's awesome. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Mm. Um, and. Uh, Scoop into top eight to Lita and the fucking mortgage guy, because I'm just trying to figure out all this shit. Don't, don't you want to dream crush the mortgage guy? Or do you want to dream crush the mortgage? No, I don't want to dream crush them. No, I don't even give a shit about the mortgage, dude. Mortgage doesn't even matter. 
Like I'm, I'm under the impression, really, that the mortgage doesn't matter. It's just mortgage matters. Why? It doesn't. It doesn't matter when it's freaking. I can pay for it with a fifty percent vacancy. No, I know. I'm just. I'm yeah. Just, I mean, the mortgage. <laughs> the mortgage is what keeps you in your house. It is. Yeah. It is. It is important to somebody. Maybe not to you, but to whoever yeah. holds the title to your house. It, it's important to them. Yeah. Whoever sure. holds the, the deed uh, the or whatever. Tranche. Yeah. Whoever so holds the tranches that your mortgage is. So, so yeah. So Bob, this is what happened: was I sold my entire Magic collection and put a down payment on a house. Oh really? Yeah. Congrats, good for you. <laughs> well, it's a rental property, so at a certain point, I'm looking. That's why we started. Well, one of the things I've been thinking about too is putting Merfolk back together and start getting uh-huh. and like so sell off the whole collection, put a down payment on a house, start putting Merfolk back together, and start playing Legacy some more. And um, I almost picked up a Muta Vault this weekend, and I and, and it's like a debate: Do I want to get the like the little cards that make Merfolk and screw around with modern, or um, just go straight to Force of Will Wasteland and start building the rest of the deck around that. And I think pretty soon I'm probably just going to do some uh, Friday night. They do like seal defense down at Wonderland Comics. And if you're registered for the for the draft, it's 20% off singles. So like I used to go down there and pick up Underground Seas 20% off, and which is a really good deal. Uh, yes. Yeah, where is where's that? I'll go with <laughs> I'll go with you, Pat, because it actually helps me stock up on commons for the charity too, for the charity Sweet. drive. Yeah, it's uh, pretty dope. Oh, I have one other scoop in that I almost forgot is scoop into our boy Ian. Yeah. 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 Uh, He started off the day in vintage uh, playing unpowered infect and he went 4-0 to start off with his fourth round opponent being LSV who he crushed. Sick. Uh, And he ended up coming uh, second overall for unpowered. So he actually got some prize money out of the vintage tournament and uh, turned it into some fetch lands, he said. Good for him, man. Awesome. awesome. Oh, yeah. I actually forgot to ask. So the prize payout was actually in store credit. Have you already spent that, Bob, or are you saving that up? Um, so we actually split. We decided that, uh, you know, first place would get the trophy and then second place would get uh, all the store credit, which was 3000 So I think he was pretty happy with that. Or at least it was a good consolation prize. Mm-hmm. And well, also that trophy itself is worth a lot of money. Last year's, I remember hearing, sold for eleven hundred or twelve hundred dollars. Um, was it another big dual land? Is that the trophy? So I think I'm not sure if you're talking about the Mox Pearl or the Gaia's Cradle. The Gaia's Cradle, um, I think that Kevin won that, and I, I believe it went for like five grand or so. And I think wow. the Mox Pearl went for a lot more than that, maybe oh, closer really? to like ten grand. I don't even know. I heard that there's like there's one there's there's one person out there who's like a big aficionado of like the Eternal Weekend like those style of trophies mm-hmm. and like pays top dollar for them. I'm, I'm not sure if that's true or not, but because he's trying not, to make. I mean, the they're tech. not just they're not just trophies. <laughs> they're actual paintings of real magic art. So right. yeah, there's that aspect of it too. And they're matted like they're matted like in the in the card art, right? Isn't that how it works? Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Jerry, I got one last question for you. Oh, for me? Yeah, did you get to run into Evan or any of the guys from Atlanta? Oh, yes. Damn it, thank you. Another person to scoop in. I knew I was going to forget people. Uh, Scooping in both Evan and Andrew for Team Tusk, me and Evan actually played around side by side. Oh, nice. 
It was the round I was playing against Omnitel, and I was so jaded because I had already lost to Omnitel twice that day. Uh. I just sat down next to him and was just like, Evan, oh, it's awesome. You're here. You get to watch me just suck and lose to this deck for the third time today. <laughs> and then I, I'm just like, I was just like, like joke yelling at him. It's like, why did you ever tell me not to play blue? Not playing blue was the worst decision of my life. And then I proceeded to just crush my Omnitel. Uh, and I just look at Evan and I'm like, I'm sorry I ever doubted you. <laughs> So those guys are fucking awesome, though, right? Yeah, it was great meeting them in person. Love seeing them. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, what about you, Pat? Last but certainly not least, right. you got to uh, scoop in. Okay, I'm gonna give a preemptive scoop into Bob for signing my Gurmeg Anglers. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that classy black and white headshot. Oh yeah, of course, obviously. <laughs> like if if it can be like in a turtleneck, that'd be ideal. Turtleneck, um, black turtleneck, yeah, that'd be great. Like a like a book cover, a, like the back of a book a cover. Book jacket, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll, I'm gonna scoop you in, Jerry, since you need the help this weekend uh, in Philly, and uh, also for posting updates on the uh, on the Facebook group it was pretty great. It was cool to see that everyone kind of commenting on it and uh, getting into it and kind of living vicariously through your wins and through your losses. So mm. thanks, thanks. Yeah, I felt yeah, I felt it was like the most active the the, the Facebook site had been in a long time. I yeah. loved it. Yeah. We're getting more and more people joining the site. Um, it's, it's awesome. It's a great t- chance to talk to any of us or talk about Legacy or whatever, man. It's awesome. Um, yep. And one more scoop in the top eight, uh, Tony and G2 Games. I know I'm talking about them basically every week, um, but they are the guys who are taking all those bulk commons and uncommons from you and uh, turning them into money for us and for the charities that we're donating the money to. So thank you very much to Tony. Um, check out his storefront. Uh, go to Uxbridge if you're in the area. He has a great selection of cards. He always has great prices, and uh, he's just a good, good overall dude. So, shout out to him as well. Oh, and that reminded me too, Pat. Uh, this already leaked on social media a little bit. We made the announcement, but uh, I actually picked up a sealed, revised booster pack. Yeah. Uh, that we are going to add into the raffle. So uh, once we hit a thousand dollars raised, uh, we're going to have a raffle for the sealed, revised booster pack. So. Who knows? Maybe someone out there can open a leaving a legacy approved dual land. Hell yeah! Fresh. Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> right. Awesome. Well, then hey. that's everybody for everybody. Everybody so. for everybody, and all a good night. Find us on Twitter. Find us on Facebook. Uh, email us at leavingalegacympg at gmail.com. And then more kick-ass music from Pat. Oh yeah, here it comes. <laughs> hey yo, I'm gonna be a tit out. That's all my eyes can see. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been laying, waiting for your next mistake. I put in work and watch my status escalate. Now I'ma start collecting props, connecting plots, networking like a conference. Cause the nonsense is yet to stop. Jake, shake me down. Haters wanna take me down, break me down, clap. All they heard was a sound. Yo, I scoped it out. I took your weak dream and choked it out. Your bitch don't really got no ass. She just poked it out on the D-Lo. I'm saying you versus me, yo. We can do this shit right here in front of your people. See time is money, kid, and BS walks. And to me, it's funny, kid, when you meet heads talk. I see Fed Star. They want to dig up the dirt, son. Is it me they hawk? Because I be putting in work, son. Be on That's all my eyes can see. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been laying. Waiting for your next mistake. I put in work and watch my status escalate. The cornballs get stonewalled. Blackballed, I own y'all. The veteran, running my plan. I'm the better man. Crazy raw, doing my job like the mob. Blazing y'all and disappearing in the fog or a mist. And 
chicks can't resist what I kick. They be begging for attention on some more of the deals, Nick. Word up, baby. Someone may have to get hurt up, baby. Shit is mad shady, but I got to get the gravy. Platinum respect like the force of attack. Keep you hitting the deck, feeling heat in your chest. Banging your thoughts with the hot onslaught. A kid got shot on the spot for going where he should not. Viciously, I make history instantly. Those other lame ass loser ass niggas, they can't fuck with me. I'm doing my thing now to lamp later on. Paid me shit with some fly gators on. But now I'm grimy as they get mud on my pants and shirt. I bet you niggas out here know I be putting it work. I'm gonna be on Tinder. That's all my eyes can see. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been laying, waiting for your next mistake. I put in work and watch my status escalate. <laughs> Do 